0: I love it. Each time this week we get to give you information in case you are one of those people like me uh, who have downloaded six different betting apps and uh, you're looking to uh, get some intel to help you place a smart wager this weekend and joining us right now as he does each and every Friday from ncsports.com, our professional handicapper, Chris Van Dyne. How are you, Chris?
2: I'm good. If, If you gamble, I'll tell you what, this is the time of the year Really enjoy. We've got college basketball. We've got the NBA. uh, You've got the NFL. You've got the NHL. I mean, there's a lot going on. And of course, college football is rolling. We have a lot of big games this week. We are releasing our totals game of the year, our FCS game of the year. So a a lot going on at North Coast Sports, and we're really excited for this weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm excited, too, for the big Browns and Ravens game. We'll get to that here in a second. But I'm just curious, uh, we're hearing that the ESPN reported that Jim Harbaugh could be suspended for the final three games of the regular season. How does that affect maybe this weekend's game, if that is accurate, uh, against Penn State from a betting perspective, Chris? Well, definitely gives you pause if you're betting Michigan, just considering that you know, they were without them at
2: the beginning of the year and didn't cover those games. Their first four games, they finished 0-3-1 against the spread. You know, they were playing some pretty poor competition, but even the one game where they pushed, it took a, a pick six in the second half, and they had a slow start against Rutgers. So right. it definitely gives you pause, and um, you still got the players on the field, so I don't think it affects it greatly. But it, and, and Harbaugh is able to coach during the week. I'll tell you what, this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It's probably something we're going to stay away from and see how they look this week, see okay. if it affects them. You know, it, it, it's definitely interesting to say the least, though.
1: Chris, I don't know when we got the word or if it's really even official yet. If the Big Ten does decide to suspend, and we looks like it's going to happen, that Harbaugh is going to be suspended for the final three remaining games. Do we know what the opening line was in the uh, Michigan-at-Penn-State game for tomorrow, and has it moved? Uh, you know what?
2: Let me look here. I'm pretty sure it hasn't moved much. Uh, let me okay. see what we had the opening line at. Uh, it's we had an opening to see at 4.5. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's currently, um, I'm looking at college basketball right now, so that might be a problem. I was like fourteen and a half. No, that ain't what? it. What? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's still at uh, four and a half. It actually opened to five and a half uh, on okay. Sunday. Okay. So it did open to five and a half. It was down to four and a half by Monday. Okay. And it has stayed at four and a half. Okay. The total right. has so give us, gone up a point since do, it opened as well. Do
1: you think it'll move if it does come down and he is suspended for sure?
2: It it might. That that's okay. something I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. See right. what the public. Thinks uh, and how they think this affects the game. I could see it moving down a little bit. I don't think it'll be a huge line movement like a quarterback would, because you know we can we can identify what what the difference is when a quarterback leaves the game and you see the backup. You know, it's hard to say exactly how much of an impact in terms of points a head coach has the day of the game. In some ways, I think the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator being out could be a bigger detriment because those are the guys generally calling the plays depending on the coach and the system.
0: Yeah, although – could be uh you know detrimental to them. i mean two of their biggest games of the season they could be without hardball at penn state and home against uh you know the the buckeyes so we'll see how that plays out what where's a game that you guys feel comfortable with you saying okay we'll probably stay away from that and i understand why mm-hmm. uh you know as far as giving info on that give us a game that that you guys hey by the way thank you for oklahoma state last week by the way thank you chris <laughs> appreciate yeah, that. that anybody that was a nice
2: one oklahoma state rolled last week uh, I'll tell you what. I will go ahead and give you guys a team I- I'm very familiar with. I like Tennessee to beat Missouri this week. Mm. The Vols are, are really turning the corner with Joe Milton. The last couple games, they, they they've had road struggles in the past, but they won at Kentucky. And you know th- this offense does seem to be really moving. And Missouri has had a hard time defending Tennessee's offense. The last two games Tennessee's played against Missouri, which are both under Josh Heupel. Tennessee has put up 66 and 62 points. Blowout wins. Yeah, Missouri's had a hard time defending this offense. Tennessee's trio of running backs, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, and Dylan Sampson, have combined for over 1,600 rushing yards this year, over six yards a carry. This is really, you know, a lot of times in the past, Tennessee's, and people have thought about Josh Heupel as a, a downfield throwing quarterback, and he does like to throw the ball downfield. But the the way this offense moves, and I think I've mentioned it on here, is they run the ball. This is one of the top rushing offenses in the country. They're averaging two hundred and thirty-nine rushing yards a game. But defensively, they are playing really well, holding opponents to ninety-seven rushing yards a game. They do a great job in the front seven. You know, they they were leaving Alabama twenty to seven on the road a couple weeks. It got away from them in, in the second half, but I don't think Missouri would do much better against Alabama. Missouri's coming off a physical game at Georgia, so you might be a little beat up from that game. They uh, they might be without their top receiver, and this is a big deal for them. Luther Burden, you haven't seen this kid play, he's probably going to be a first-round draft pick in a couple years. He was actually the number one ranked per- recruit coming out of high school at wide receiver. He has almost 1,000 yards this year. He is questionable. He left the game last week after scoring a touchdown against Georgia. And I, I really think that Tennessee on the road is going to, be perfectly fine with the offense i think they're going to play well and i think that the balls are going to win this game by a touchdown
0: love having chris van dyne on breaking down games like that for you from a gambling perspective giving you information like that uh as well as uh you know other places where you can get information and where can people get more info like that uh chris absolutely go to ncsports.com and you can jump on board for our
2: power sweep you can just by the weekly issue, or for the rest of the season, if you just want to you know get get a taste. Check out the weekly issue. Our power sweep plays, our key selections are eleven and one in the last three weeks. You mentioned wow. Oklahoma State; that was our underdog play of the week last week. Uh, we also had a four star winner on uh, uh, Louisville two weeks ago. Now it's escaping me on who our four star winner was last week, but we've done we've done really well in our key selections in power sweep. It had a slow start to the year, the the Power Swoop newsletter, but it has really turned it on in the last few weeks, and it's been a lot of fun to see those winners fly in.
0: How much easier is it as a handicapper when you're eight, nine games in to an NFL season, six, seven games in to a college season, and you get a real feel for how good teams are as opposed to trying to figure out against nobodies or early on in the year? There,
2: there's a lot of benefit to having, you know, the season, part of the season fly by and getting a better feel for who these teams are. You know, whether it's uh, from a, you know, a side angle where we're looking at uh, who we think is going to cover the game or totals. When you see a team like LSU, who's gone over the total in all nine of their games this year, they're playing Florida, who has gone over in their last five wow. total in that game around 66 and a half, I believe. Uh, you know, th- there is a little bit of a concern, though, with Jaden Daniels, a little banged up and coming off a concussion. So you, you do wonder how much he's going to run the ball, which is the catalyst to that offense. That's really how they move the ball Jaden Daniels being such a dual threat quarterback. But, yeah, th- th- there's a lot of value to being able to understand who these teams are, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Uh, both week to week and throughout the year, you know, w- we see a lot of teams that really get into their stride. San Jose State's a team uh, out west that probably not a lot of people in Ohio pay attention to. But, you know, at the beginning of the season, people were down on them because they started 1-5. and five. But when you looked at who they lost to, USC, Oregon State, they had a road trip to, to- all the way to Toledo. And they covered, they only lost by four. They lost to Air Force and Boise State. Both two pretty well-known uh, teams that have, have dominated the Mountain West the last few years. And since then, they've got on a roll. They've won their last three games. They won by 28, 21, and 35 in their last three. They're coming off a bye this week. We like San Jose State to beat Fresno, and they're actually getting a point and a half. So uh, San Jose State's a team where, you know, we kind of identified that they were a little underrated because of that's schedule they played and the uh, good teams they played, but now they've come under the, that lightened schedule in the, in the back half and now they're rolling.
1: Kenny, the problem is, the longer the season goes, not only do the handicappers figure out who's for real, the odds makers find out too, right Chris? And that's the problem with it because it makes it that much harder when they set the spread and now we've got to play against Vegas, right?
2: Yeah, but you know, the, the public does tend to move lines and that's something you want to look at. You know, sometimes you see those line movements, especially when it comes to the public. Uh, When when they're moving the line a a certain way, you know, I I tend to go against the public. Although the public did have a really good stretch this year, but you know, now we're starting to see these lines are sharp, and you know, but those sharp angles, you, you can find them, especially early in the week. A lot of times people wait till Saturday to bet. That's not always the best strategy because by that time the line's moved against you. You There's a lot of times where I look at a game and I'm like, I like it on Sunday. I like it on Monday. But then by the time Friday or Saturday hits, I'm like, I wish I would have bet that a couple days ago. Um, So, you know, sometimes if if you like a game, don't wait. Don't wait until Saturday to bet it. If you really like it on Monday, bet it early you might get that good line.
1: Chris, have you ever seen a situation, and this might be the one, maybe it's the Michigan-Penn State game where you've actually hit in the middle and won both wagers. If you took it early and then the point spread moved, took it the other way, you could hit them both? It would have to be a drastic,
2: drastic line movement for me to do that. Now, where you do see people try to use that strategy is when they tease and, okay. and you're trying to use the use the alternate lines and move the line one way or another you know cuz in football i'm probably not going to try to middle a game where the line movement's like two points the the margin is just too small to just land in that narrow number okay. but if you can move the game three points one way three points the other way sometimes you can middle those games it's not not a suggest not a strategy i would suggest using very often but i have seen people do that and i've done it myself on occasion uh, but usually that happens through teasers and through those alternate lines, which you know, that's one of the great things about these betting apps is you have so many uh, options. You know, you don't have to necessarily take the line right at what Vegas has put it out at. You have the option to move it in different directions. Uh, sometimes giving yourself more value. Maybe if uh, you know I like Tennessee to win the game tomorrow, the line's plus one and a half or minus one and a half. I like them to win by as much as a touchdown, so I might move it up to three. Okay. You know, probably not over that key number, but mm-hmm. you, you know, if you really like a game, then you can move that number maybe against yourself to, to give yourself more value, or maybe you oh. want to give yourself a little more room for security just in case. A lot of times we talk about buying that half point if it's seven and a half, buy it down to seven, or if it's plus six and a half, buy it up to seven to, to
0: give yourself that security. Happy to have Chris Van Dyne with us here talking. Gambling lines information helps you uh, make better wagers uh, on the weekend with uh, information that you can get at ncsports.com. dot com. Chris, real quick before we let you go, Browns Ravens, uh, you guys feeling this one way or the other? Yeah, we're we're on Baltimore this week.
2: You know, so am I. About Cleveland's <laughs> we're, we're we're concerned about Cleveland's offensive line situation with their tackles being injured. Their defense did get back to playing the way you know we we saw in the first like five weeks and how they were dominating defensively, but you, you look at that 28 to three beatdown they took earlier this year, and Baltimore being number one in the NFL with 35 sacks, this could be a tough matchup. I don't think Cleveland's offense is totally clicking yet with Deshaun Watson. You know they they beat a pretty bad team last week, so I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock into it. And I just think that Baltimore with that Defensive edge uh, as far as going against a a banged-up Cleveland offensive line. Uh, Could be a a little bit too much for Cleveland to handle, in Baltimore especially. And We had Baltimore by 10. We had a small play on power sweep in the under, but probably liking the side a little more at uh, Baltimore minus 6.5.
0: Chris, we always appreciate the information. Thanks so much. Everybody follow him on Twitter at ChrisV for victory, ChrisV160. Uh, He joins us each and every week here on the Kenny and JT Show. Uh, Good luck this weekend, Chris. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Always appreciate you guys. Talk to you next week.